This morning, for the word of the Lord, we will be looking at Paul's epistle to the Romans, chapter 3, verses 21 to 24. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Dear friends in Christ, this is a chair. I don't think there's anyone in the room this morning who would try and dispute this fact. How do we know that this is a chair? It looks like a chair. It operates like a chair. And so we call it a chair. But what if I do this? What do we call it now? We still call it a chair, don't we? Although it does not look like a chair, it certainly can't operate as a chair anymore. Do not try and sit on a chair that looks like that. Now, in Paul's epistle to the Romans, he spends a lot of time dealing with the subject of justification, how one is declared righteous before God. The common belief among the Jews at the time was that they were declared righteous through their works, that the way to God's heart was through the law. If you could successfully keep God's commandments, he would view you as righteous. And in fact, this is still the popular opinion today. The term that gets used is the opinio legis. It's Latin, the opinion of the law. That feeling that lies in each one of us that there is something that we can and must do to contribute, to earn this justification. And you can see it in every religion in the world today, and even in some parts of Christianity, or what we would categorize as Christianity. Except for one. By the grace of God, we are among the minority that believes the truth that Scripture teaches regarding our own sinful depravity. All mankind is folded up like this chair. God requires perfection according to his law, and we read that all have sinned and fall short. Scripture calls us spiritually dead in our trespasses and sins, and in the same way that a dead person cannot bat an eye or lift a finger, so also this chair will never be able to unfold itself, so also we cannot justify ourselves in any way. That chair is never going to unfold itself and start acting like a chair by itself. When you stop to think about it, the idea of a folding chair is kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Well, how about you? Do you feel like an oxymoron lately? When we join together for chapel and church to hear God's word, do you ever wonder what you're even doing there? When someone asks you what you believe and you say, I'm a Christian, do you ever wonder? When we recite the Ten Commandments and we see God's law spread before us, do you feel worthy to bear the name Christian? Or do you feel folded and good for nothing? 
If that burden weighs on your heart, then I invite you to hear God's soothing, comforting message for us this morning. Because while man is not justified by the law, now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Witnesses like the prophet Jeremiah, who foretold of a coming Savior, saying, This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteousness. Witnesses like Isaiah, who penned these words, My righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Witnesses like the psalmist, who in the 107th Psalm wrote the words which we are committing to heart in choir, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. This righteousness has been won for us by Christ's bloody sacrifice on the cross. Though all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that same all goes on to be described as justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We learn in Catechism about this teaching, objective justification, that God has paid for the sins of the whole world. John 3.16 says so. And that sinless, perfectly obedient record of Christ becomes our very own by faith worked in us by the Holy Spirit through the gospel in word and sacrament. And that is why we gather together in chapel and in church to hear these blessed promises that though we spend much of our lives folded, we are still chairs, so to speak, though we countless times sin against our God and our Creator, Jesus has redeemed you and calls you his own child of God. Isaiah 43, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Even in our redeemed state, though we are still ensnared by sin, we fold under pressure. We do and say and even think things that we know Christians have no business doing or saying or thinking. But because of this, does that change God's view of us? Certainly not. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. God is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is in every place. He is righteous, and he is just, and he's on your side. Because of the faith that he has created in our hearts and sustains in us uh, through the Holy Spirit, when we at last stand before the judgment throne on the last day, God will know you not as you are and appear sinful and unclean, but as Christ has made you, a child and heir of eternal life. A chair is a chair. We will call this chair a chair whether it is folded up or whether it is standing out. Matter of perception. Well, thank God then for our state of grace. That perception that God has toward us through Christ, standing as our intermediary. When sin overtakes us and we return in shame to beg forgiveness because of Christ, God still says, Christian, 
Son, Heir. Let us pray then that the Spirit make us bold and steadfast to live lives fitting for those bearing the title Christian. As Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 9, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. May we ever strive against our sinful flesh and live our lives to the glory of our Lord Jesus, who has won us such an imperishable crown, and to whom be honor and dominion forever. Amen. We sing hymn 258, verses 1, 2, and 5. I'm sorry, 528, not 258. 528, verses 1, 2, and 5.